Hey, this is Amy. And this is Sarah. And you're listening to Unqualified Therapists, Inc. You are listening to episode two, and today we are going to be talking about mediums and afterlife and our experiences with that and how this relates with therapy and with the psychological aspect of it all is that we both have dealt with a lot of grief in our lives. Um, If you listen to our episode, which introduces ourselves, you will know um, what we're talking about, but we are going to kind of debrief you a little bit so that we're not coming out of nowhere with this information, but um, recently Amy has visited a medium after the loss of her husband, and I am just going to go ahead and let her kind of tell us what prompted the meeting and and give a little background to on, on how we lost Scott and um, how she ended up with this person. Okay. Um, thanks guys for tuning in again. Um, I waited a whole, I I would say, I don't even know what has it been a year and a half before, Mm -hmm. um, actually contacting this medium, which I'm learning, um, or I have learned that as I've been, you know, becoming an adult, that everything really does, everything happens, like everything's put in your path for a reason. So I just happened upon this person on Instagram and um, I saved her name and I followed her and I read about her and I researched her. And in the back of my head, I always thought, you know, well, maybe, maybe one day I'll see like if this could like bring some sort of closure for me or this could maybe work. I, I still, I went into it not 100% believing. I will admit that. Um, I... So yeah, so I was, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Um, I didn't tell anyone. Um, It was just kind of something that like was in the back of my mind. Um, And you really aren't ready for it. In my opinion, Um, everybody handles grief differently and you all have your own timetables. But for me, I just kind of wasn't ready to even experience it because I was still so sad and so angry and confused and just too emotional, I think. Um, yeah. And so perhaps that's why I I felt like it was the right time. And I just learned how to listen to my inst- like my instinct and my gut. And so it wasn't really a thought process. It was more like, okay, now's the time. And mm-hmm. I just, just knew. Right. It just yeah. felt right. And it was it was a very like in the so much sense that I've planned it for so long. It was also a very like quick decision. Like I was like, yep, mm-hmm. now's the time. And mm-hmm. I just did it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, mm -hmm. oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to ask, like, just for people who maybe might not understand, because there's a lot of, um, like, you know, there's psychics, there's mediums, there's tarot card readers, like, just if you would give like a brief overview of what a medium actually does. 
And so this is like something I had to do a little bit of research on specifically who she was and what her abilities were and what she practiced. Um, because there are a lot of people out there who, you know, aren't real and they're just like, you know, trying to get people's money or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And so she is, um, she's a medium who connects with people's loved ones who have crossed over, who have passed on. And she calls it a, um, oh my goodness. Now, of course I can't think of the term, but basically like she will give you enough information to prove it. So like, um, I will come up with the word. It'll come to me before the end of the show, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like not experiential, but it's like, you know, that you will like, you will know based on her saying things that no one could know. Like she wants, okay. she, that's, that's one of her things is like, she wants you to know that like, she's not just pulling this, you know, how they sometimes are like, does it start with an L or a, right, an M right. or a, you know? Um, <laughs> N -O -P -N. Uh, yeah. And so even <laughs> though I knew she, she had, she said that and she, that's how she explained things to me that she was going to give me specific things um, to prove that he was there. I still didn't really like believe it, but that is what her particular um, role is. And that's what she does. That's her mm -hmm. like gifting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that I've also, we've both also had our card thread and we've mm -hmm. gone and done other things and that's a little bit different. Um, this was probably the most real experience that I've ever had with anything like this. Wow. Oh, I cannot wait to hear about this. <laughs> so just to let everybody know, um, Amy has not told me this experience yet uh, for the reason of <laughs> the element of surprise on this podcast. So this will be the first time I'm hearing of it. Um, so I'm very excited to hear all about it. Initially, when you were going into this, how, what feelings were you having? Were you, I know you were skeptical. Um, yeah. Were you excited or was it more of a, like, I just want was there like an anxiety of, I just want to connect with my husband once more? No, I don't think so. Um, not really any of that. It wasn't really anything. Like it was one of those things I just like felt like I had to do. And so mm -hmm. it was just something I was doing because it felt like that's where I was on the journey of healing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it just, so yeah, a little bit skeptical, but I, I did know that if I didn't open my mind to it, that, you know, it, it possibly, you know, could have halted the process. I, I understand right. energy and, you know, things like that enough to know that I couldn't go in completely closed minded. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I, I wasn't scared or anxious or like, I just want to talk to him one more time. I was just, I mean, I, I guess excited a little bit. Cause I was like, well, this is this. Cause to me, I mean, if this is a thing that's going to happen, like this answers a lot of my questions about like life and death and the afterlife that right. I've wondered my entire life. Like this is goes beyond Scott and I. Um, right. So, you know, I was kind of just interested to see how this was going to play out. And, you know, you watch it on TV and you're like, ha, huh, yeah, like, no way, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so I kind of was, you know, I, I yeah, I was kind of like, eh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> so a question about her, and I don't know if you're comfortable, you know, talking about, you know, her name or telling us who she is or anything, but 
when you were doing your research or did you ask her any questions? Because I'm kind of curious to know if this is something that she has always known she's had as a gift or if this is something that sort of came to her after, was there like a traumatic experience of her own that induced this? Like, do you know any of that information about her or, or no? Hang on. Ah, I found it. Okay, here we go, guys. <laughs> um, it was going to drive me crazy. It's an evidential psychic medium. And that's the word I was going for, evidential. Okay. Um, and so that is who she is. Um, you know, I didn't really ask her much about herself. And um, I, what I did is I did read a lot of testimonies from people over mm -hmm. that year and a half. She would post those on Instagram. And I was thinking like, whoa, like, it was just, it was just so many and so many right. that like, it's hard to believe. Um, but yeah. And I did, I don't even know where she is. Like, I have no idea where she lives. We did that's it over okay. Zoom. I don't, yeah, I don't. You know what I mean? Like so a... like, I think that's kind of amazing. Like I was like, oh, mm -hmm. she has an accent. Like, I don't know right. where you're from. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, I'm just looking on her website right now and it says her two central motivators are for her work are to provide healing and infutable proof that both life and love after death absolutely exist. Mm, I and I that. would say that that is um, by far exactly what she did. So before we get and dive into what happened in this session, why don't you give us a little bit of background on your family dynamic and your relationship with Scott, just so everybody understands the, the evidential that comes, you know, that comes through from her. Right. And so this, this description of my relationship with Scott and our family will be primarily just to like explain to you enough so that you will know the evidence-based stuff that she told me, because I feel like that's a whole nother topic that I would talk about at a different time, but mm -hmm. um, in a nutshell or to summarize. Um, so my husband and I met in college and immediately like fell head over heels in love with each other. Um, and it was just one of those things where we just, we were best friends forever. We laughed so hard at everything. Well, he made me laugh. He was hilarious. Um, yeah, he was. <laughs> and we had so much fun, like so much fun. And so mm -hmm. um, I probably jumped into it way too soon, got married quickly, all of these things. Um, as our life progressed, it got harder and harder and harder. And our life, our marriage was very hard. Um, and it was very good all at the same time. And we had, we ended up having um, a daughter, Lily, and she is now 10. And um, my son, Avery, who is now four. So um, I, one of, Scott was bipolar. He had that diagnosis along with some other things mental, um, health issues and, um, wasn't really able to work because of that. So he raised Lily and he did, he did a, an amazing job. Um, I mm -hmm. had to work multiple jobs just because of that, um, reality. And so I didn't really see them very much. I didn't, uh, hang out with them. I didn't do all of the things that they did. Um, it, it was just, you know, I'm learning, Lily's telling me more and more and more as now, you know, with Scott being gone and me being around all the time. So I'm learning that their, that their relationship was so close. Um, so, you know, so basically <laughs> we had this crazy love, really hard life. We were married for 17 years. We had these two kids. He did a beautiful job raising Lily. Um, and so, 
yeah, that's that's kind of where that's probably enough information to help you guys understand this. And I think anybody who meets Lily or talks to Lily knows what an amazing job he's done and has that you have done as well. So I don't want you to sell yourself short either because you yeah. have amazing <laughs> parents to your children. Um, and I want someday she's got to come on here and um, you all have to meet her because she is definitely one in a million. She is. And I see so much of both. It's such a cool thing to see both her and that Scott and I and her. Um, mm-hmm, she's she's mm-hmm. she's an amazing human, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm amazed by her. Someday. She is, she is, and I truly believe it. I believe and, it too. Um, yeah, she's got she's got a lot to tell you. So if she comes on, <laughs> she'll <laughs> she she'll tell you all the things. Yeah, all the things. Um, yeah, so there's so many details, and so I'm probably going to tell you maybe like a fourth, if that, a fraction of it, because it, we would be on here forever, and um, <laughs> some of it's a little bit, you know, personal, more personal than maybe I'm ready yet. I'm sure, sure. I'll write about it later, but um, so, yeah, so we get on, and the first thing that you do, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the process, because I think people probably are wondering, they've only seen it like maybe on TV. And so, you know, she tells me what's going to happen and then, you know, we take some deep breaths and then that, you know, you just like you would um, in an energy class or in Reiki, like you, the white light above you and Mm -hmm. feeling that, you know, coming through. So you're opening things up. And then she says right away, she says, there's two men stepping forward. One is from your generation and one is from an older generation. Mm, And like immediately. And I have had in every reading that I have had done, I have had this older gentleman. I don't think it's uh, anyone that I've ever met or known. Um, but it's a grandfather of mine, great, great of some sort who has always stepped forward and brought forward either, um, like things to say or angels that are going to say things. Yeah. Or, you know, that's who brought Scott. Um, and so, wow, yeah. Um, so she was saying that you know she f- that there was an older male, and then um, she, the very very first thing, um, the very very first thing that he said that she said to me is she said that all he that she's like I just keep hearing my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, and. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I am excited someday to tell Lily about that because, um, you know, that was the first thing. That was the very first thing he said. Yeah. And, um, you know, he taught, she, she gives, so the other thing that she does is she gives visuals. So she says, he's showing me this picture, right? So, and he, she said, he's showing me a picture of him in the middle, holding your hand and your daughter's hand. And all that's saying is that you two were the most affected because you were the most close to him. And that um, talking about how, you know, his daughter and him had a closer connection than anyone ever even knew. And I will say that back to raising Lily now on my own without him, I'm learning that. I wasn't around Mm -hmm. much because I was always working. I -hmm. didn't know how close they were and connected they were. So... That was, that was, um, the very first thing that she told me. And then she said that, um, right then that, um, that perhaps this was real. 
because she didn't mm-hmm. know that I had any kids. And she, oh, she did say, she's like, wait a second. She's like, this is not just a male in your life. Like he was the father to your children and he's showing me a ring. And so he was, even though we never wore rings, but I guess mm-hmm. he has to. So that's another thing I think that she did explain to me is he has to show her things that she understands. I see. So okay. this was not something big in our lives. Well, it was sort of, but not nearly. But her husband is a soccer coach of her children. Okay. As much as then, no one will believe it. Scott coached Lily's soccer team um, when she was in kindergarten. <laughs> so <laughs> I just think it's hilarious because if you know Scott, that's not right. anything. Uh, no. Or Lily's thing. I mean, it was just right. great. So uh, he showed her immediately a soccer ball. And she's like, Aww. so this usually means like that he was a coach or he did something with her. And I was like, what? And they like, <laughs> and they used to practice like soccer outside when we lived in the city in the parking lot. It was just, yeah. So that was an, a memory that I completely forgotten about. But Aww. um and one I have not shared. So there's like, you know, even if she went into my writing or my pictures, like that is not something I talk about because I forgot. Um, So that was right there kind of like when I was like, oh, geez. Um, And then, you know, she said, he's showing me pools of tears under his eyes, which means sadness. And uh, he keeps saying the word forlorn and lonely. And I'm lonely and alone in my own head. And, if you understand or were around at all for his illness, mm-hmm. that is exactly summarizes it. He mm-hmm. was alone in his own head. And forlorn is um, not a word that I think many people use, but it is no, definitely a word. that same thing mm-hmm. that that is a yeah. word Scott would use. Absolutely. And I looked it up and it's like a perfect definition of what he was feeling and going through. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott tried so hard uh, his whole life to like, be something that he just couldn't be. And so she said Mm -hmm. to me after that, she said, he's kicking a stone, like moving it slowly up ahead, up ahead. But he's like, it's not going anywhere. She's like, it's like, he's so depressed that he can't get there. Mm -hmm. And, um, talks about a mountain and she's like, this is like a metaphor. He's like looking at this mountain, trying to get up it, but keeps falling back. She says, so did he try a lot of things and never finish them? Did he like start these things, you know? And these are, this is it like the, I, I did write, cause I, she, she sent me the video. So I was able to rewatch it. Um, and she said, he's telling me he pushed you. He pushed you and you just stuck with them. And you kept like supporting every dream, every aspiration, mm-hmm. everything until he pushed you too far and you put your foot down. Yeah. And, um, and he said, I didn't react well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Aww. So, you know, um, and I mean, there's so many things. She said that he had a suitcase that he put down between the two of us. And so she asked me, she said, did he, I know that when you died, he, he were too, you were still married, but did you separate before that? Mm-hmm. And we did. We separated because Scott mm-hmm. went to Santa Fe to um, a 30-day in-treatment program to he really you know wanted to heal and he wanted to be a better dad we knew at that point there probably wasn't going to be a way for us to be together but we were still planning on being a family and we were like you know everything we did we wanted to like do it amazing so i felt like we were handling it pretty well 
mm-hmm. um, doing holidays together and such. And um, she talked about how he held a best friend necklace up and said, and she said to me, she's like, I've never heard this before, but he's telling me you had an undying friendship. Yeah. And wow, that is, um, that's like the perfect example. Like that's so true because he was my best friend um, and I was his best friend. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so here's a weird thing. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows about magic, the card game. <laughs> she goes, no. she, she goes, well, it was a big thing in Scott's life that made him so happy. And it was like his his just, it, I found it to be strange, but now I <laughs> wish I would have like, I wish I would have been a little bit more kind about it, but um, she says, this is so weird. She's like, he is saying magic and he wants to talk about happier things. And I was like, oh, that makes oh, complete sense because <laughs> that's what he did with his friends. And then, you know, yeah. he loved it. It was where he could be himself. Um mm. And so she just said, he keeps wanting to talk about happier times. And, uh, this is, this is an interesting one too. She's like, he's showing me, this is crazy, macaroni and cheese, <laughs> a memory <laughs> of him eating it with a child. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. She's like, yeah. maybe later you will. Um, and she's like, it's weird. Cause he's eating it too. He made it for her. And so after the reading was over, I went upstairs and I said, Hey, Lil, I said, if I said something to you about macaroni and cheese and dad, like, what would you think? She was like, how do you not know that mom? I only ate two things when I was little chicken noodle soup and macaroni and cheese. And when he made it, he always ate it out of the pot with me. And I was like, what? You know? And yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she said to me, she said, he will not stop saying he's sorry. He keeps saying, I'm sorry about everything. I'm so, so sorry. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, she said, he's talking to you now as a mother, um, looking down, like looking up at you, like, um, like lovingly, like saying like, he's so proud of you for doing this and that you're an amazing mom to take care of these kids. And then he said, she says, she says, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it. He said to me, he put this in my mind. I have a lot of love for my children, but I'm not a natural at it. Okay, guys. That's only something you say all the time. Listen to me. I'm going to tell the world. I don't like being a mom. I don't like it one iota. I did it because Scott was such a good dad and he was built to be a dad. He was born to be a dad. And I just kind of filled in the places of all the responsibility of things. Like I, this has been the hardest thing for me is to be their mom full time and the only Mm -hmm. parent. So I have, this is, it has been so hard and I cry in bed at night when no one's around because Mm -hmm. I hate it so much. I love my children. Please don't get me wrong. I love them. And I would, you know, die for them. I love them so much, but being a mom is not, it's not my gifting. And, Mm -hmm. um, sure. sure. And the fact that like, she said that was just like, I was just like, Oh my gosh. And it, this, now we're getting to a point where I'm like, I think this is like legit him. And, um, she said he's standing on one leg balancing and like having his hands up and down, like showing me that you're balancing too many things and you're exhausted. And this, this got me right here. He said, um, 
the exhaustion has not just been because of his passing. He said, uh, specifically, he said, other widows are tired, but you're more tired. And for that, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And he said, I made you tired in life. Oh, my God. And yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it breaks my heart that he is, and I'm sorry, I'm getting like so emotional. Um, no, don't apologize. I, my heart is broken because he feels so much guilt still. I know. And I think it breaks my heart because, well, I knew, I knew when he was here, how tortured he was. Um, he, he was tortured in his sleep. He would have nightmares and things would, things would really like just torture him. He was tortured in his manic episodes and in his depressive episodes where like things would tell him things. And I mean, it was, he was, he was literally trying to climb up that mountain and like, it was like somebody pushing him back down. So the fact she gave me that visual was totally his life. And, um, he said, I'm so sorry to leave you with them. Meaning like, Mm -hmm. I know that we were doing this together. This was not my intention to ever leave you, but he does explain to me what happens at the end. So I will, I'll get to that in a second. He said, you're an amazing woman and you're the best thing that ever happened to me. I know, I know. And then I guess, so more evidential things. um, She said, he's wrapping a gift. He wants to give it to the earthly plane. Like he wants to hand it to you. He's being very meticulous about tying this bow. She's like, do you happen to like have an anniversary? Was it your birthday or a birthday? Is it coming up? My birthday was two days prior to the reading. Like <laughs> that's just too much. You know what I mean? Like that's right, just too right. much. And so she's <clears throat> like, he's, he's telling you, he's giving it to you and saying, you deserve it. You deserve it. And <sighs> you shine bright. You shined brighter than anything else in my life. I never deserved you. Like, so those are like his words verbatim. And he's asking, I know, I know. And he's asking me, she's like, he's in front of you. Now, this is something when Scott was manic, after a manic episode, um, and he would realize what happened. He would, he was pretty, he was also just a dramatic dude, like, but I love that about him. He was pretty (laughs) over the top, but he would like get down on his knees and like beg, like crying, sobbing for whatever he did to me that was so horrible in the episode. And he was doing this. She's like, he's in front of you right now begging you not to doubt, not to doubt. And I said, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, doubt what? And she's like, he's showing me, <laughs> he's showing me your wedding and um, oh. dancing. She said, he's twirling you and you're laughing. He wants me to know, like to remind you that he made you laugh and that's why you fell in love with him and how happy you were and that you guys had so much fun. And she says, you, you had no clue. Neither one of you had any clue of the dark times ahead. And so he's, so yeah, he's asking, like she said, he's asking you that you remember that in your grief that you will go there instead of the other places. Like if you could go there, if you could believe that that was the core of who you were, he said, um, that was who we were. And that's why it made us fall in love. Please remember that. I mean, I don't know if all readings are this particular, but this is so particular and right. um, specific, I guess. And um, 
she's, he's just like, he's just asking me in my grief if I could go to the happy places. And I, and I guess I should say that I've had a hard time with that because I don't want to like, when someone I is, say, I think, <laughs> well, when someone is bipolar, they are abusive. Like there is no doubt about sure. it. Scott was abusive to right. me and everyone knows that, but like, it was not Scott. It was not my Scott. Right. Right. He, 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 those people, when they change, it's almost like a movie. You can watch them shape shift or whatever. Like you mm -hmm. can see the, the transformation and it is not them. They're gone. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was the person that hurt me. And, um, you know, I, I guess it's really important to me that like, I keep a reality check of the whole situation, but Right. Um, I also want to, you know, honor what he's saying because it's true. I mean, the love we had was something um, beautiful and um, real. Um, and, you know, when he came out of it, he like wanted to hurt himself because Scott was very protective of me. And so if anyone mm -hmm. talked bad about me or hurt me, like, oh, my God, he was like, after him, you know? And so he just, he wanted to get after himself because he was the one doing it. Mm -hmm. And, um, this is 17 years of this. So it was a lot of hurt. Um, and so she's asking him, do you have a closing message? And she said, do you have any questions? And I said, well, and I knew I shouldn't have asked. Cause like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know why he did it. I know what happened, but I asked, you know, what happened at the end? And so yeah. here's how he answered. He, she's like, okay, he's putting himself on a bar stool, but he's not in a bar. She's like, and there's this, he's feeling jumbled. He's making my head hurt because there's so many things happening inside of it. It's jumbled and confused. He's wow. telling me he's alone and he has this spotlight on himself. Like he's on stage and everyone's watching him. And now I feel all this pressure mm. and there's too much going on in his mind. She's like, my mind, she, she was saying like he was making her feel like her mind was like crazy with thoughts, like jumbled and confused. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to me, um, that just summed up the torture and the sickness and the illness and um, right. probably that, that space of defeat. Like I just, I wanted to be these things and this illness is not letting me do that. Right. Um, and she said... He won't stop, which is hilarious because Scott talked a lot. And um, and she's like, because <laughs> our time was up. Our time was totally up. And this is another thing yeah. that like blew me away. She just went over it um, by 15 minutes. And she's like, he must have a thoughtful side because he's like sitting on this chair, like rubbing his chin thinking like he really wants to make sure this last thing he says is right. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's like, so he get, he's getting off the stool and he's sitting next to you. Um. And he put the depression, the symbol for depression over you. And mm -hmm. he says that he takes full responsibility for it. And he said that she's like, he's holding you up. Like he's trying so hard to hold you up. And he's so sorry. He's so sorry that he brought this on you. And he keeps saying, help, help, help. Meaning mm -hmm. um, he wants you to ask for more help. And he has, and he, he's, she says, he keeps saying that, I have concern and love, concern and love. And again, I am sorry. I am so, so sorry. And um, she said, the last thing he did was he kissed me on the cheek and he said, I'm sorry. Oh, and that was, 
yeah and that was that was the end and um it was i probably didn't all sink in until i watched it the next day and then a couple weeks later um and and here's here's a funny thing so i used to watch long island medium all the time and scott would make fun of me like like in a great way right like he would razz me so hard for watching it and i thought is this not funny, dude? You're like coming through a medium just like she had, she does. Yeah. You know I mean? like, and that's how you're, yeah. But it was, oh it goodness. was so specific and so thoughtful. And um, that's not really the end of the story. So, and I didn't tell you about the other part. Um, so after the reading was over, I talked to Lily about the mac and cheese. And then my boyfriend, Mike, came over. And he's wonderful. Um, because I can talk to him about these things. And mm -hmm. I don't think very many widows have partners who allow that part into their lives. And that for that, I must say publicly, mm -hmm. I am grateful, like incredibly grateful. And um, so I hadn't told anyone I was even doing this. I just told him, which is kind of wild. And so I'm telling mm -hmm. him all about it. We're sitting on the couch and I look out the window to my deck. And my, Avery and I had been out there earlier. And so I thought, oh, geez. And Avery had been playing with the lanterns. So I thought, what? And I was like annoyed. And I was like, so I got up, I turned the lantern off and I was like, damn it, Avery. And so I come back in, we're talking more. I'm telling him more about what she said from what I could remember um, without rewatching it. And then we get food and like, um, I put the dishes in the dishwasher. He goes out to have a cigarette. I grab a glass of wine. I go to join him. I look at him and I'm like, why would you turn it back on? I just turned it off. And he's like, Aim, I didn't touch it. And I was like, oh my God. So at this point I sit down cause I'm exhausted. Cause we just did yeah. this whole reading. Oh, I sit right. down Emotionally and I literally, this, <laughs> I sit down in front of the lantern on, it's like a battery operated one um, on my uh -huh. porch and I flip it over and I, turn it off. And I show him and I'm like, look. And so I say, all right. I was like, Scott, if it's you, go ahead, do it again. And I shit you not, it flickered and turned back on. <gasps> yeah. I have full body chills right now. <laughs> I know, but it's worse. Oh it gets crazier. Gosh. Because I'm still oh being gosh. this asshole of like, come on, Scott. And Mike's like, right? it's totally him. Like, he's telling you he's here. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, if Mike hadn't been there, there's no way I would have believed this happened. So, again, yeah. I say it again. And I'm like being silly at this point. And I'm like, come on. So I turn it over. I'm like, Mike, you do it. Turn it off. Turn it off. So we turn it off. Flip it back over. We're talking. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to do it again, you know. And I'm like an asshole because I know this takes them so much energy to do these things, right? Like, Right, right. Um, I also wonder if this was the gift he was talking about giving me. I'm not sure. Um, oh, of more, my God. You know, of like more evidence that he's still here. But it mm -hmm. did it again. And it doesn't just turn on. It like flickered and then turned on. And um, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, I have chills too. It was, um, yeah. it was really incredible and it wasn't scary. It wasn't weird. I didn't feel like right. he's like hanging out with me and my boyfriend, like at all. <laughs> I just felt like he was just like, now if Scott was here, here's the funny part. He would love Mike, like, and Mike, and they, Scott doesn't like 
you know, he was particular about his people, but, and even Lily said it, she was like, oh, they would definitely be friends. Now, if like I had dated some (laughs) bro, Scott would have been like probably haunting me or something and haunting the guy, (laughs) but like, you know, Mike is like the real deal. And And by bro, you mean like, what's up, dude? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Scott hated the bros. Sorry, everyone that's a bro, but you're probably not listening to my podcast anyways. I guarantee it. So it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was just like, Hey, I'm here. And I really haven't felt him since. I don't know how that works. And I talked to her the next day about it. And she just said that, you know, because I opened it up because the energy, he was there, that it could have been, you know, that he was already on this plane, but it takes so much for him to come down to our energy level. Mm. Um, it's so interesting. So, yeah. And so like the vibra his vibrations have to come down and hers have to go up. Um, wow. Yes. So that is my experience. And how do I feel after I'm wondering myself? Um, <laughs> I still, you know, I ask myself that all the time. I'm like, you should just feel so much better. And I do in some ways, but that does not. And this is like my whole thing that I'll, I'll talk about later on grief. Like, it doesn't make the sad days go away. It doesn't make um, anything easier. You know, it makes some things easier. Would it, and I knew this, I knew that his illness was like cancer and it was no different than a Mm -hmm. deadly, you know, diagnosis of cancer because it broke his brain. His brain was broken and there was no putting it back together again. There was no way to fix it. No. There wasn't. And he, what he did was not selfish. It was um, no. probably, you know, I'm going to cry now. It was probably really selfless mm-hmm. because he knew he didn't have control. Right. He knew he, he wasn't in control. And there were times that it was not him and he couldn't, you know, be trusted. So I'm sure that, um, yeah, I, am, I, I do feel that it was, you know, selfless in that way but we miss him, um, so much. And, um, I talked to her about coming back and having another conversation in a few months because I was sad that he didn't mention Avery. Um, but I don't think we had gotten there yet. Like, I feel like he was moving along a certain timeline Mm -hmm. and him and Avery had only spent a couple years together. So, um, she said that she doesn't normally do that um, because she feels like that gets people stuck in their grief and not moving on. But she's like, I don't mm-hmm. feel that way about you. I feel like he had more to say. Right. So I will probably have one more session with her um, and, 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 and try more, to. And one more because I don't think Scott <laughs> will ever be done saying what he needs to say. You know, he, he, <laughs> might, he might talk to me forever. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> and even telling you now you know, it's, it's very easy for us to like brush it off or to tell ourselves that didn't happen or that's not real because we don't want to believe it. Like that's just how we're wired. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, I think that having an experience like that, um, you know, you have to remind yourself like that did happen. (laughs) I I, I realized that, you know, like it, but I mean, this is pretty evidential to me. I, there was plenty of things that no one knew. Sure. Um, so yeah, that was my experience. And that makes me very hopeful for life in um, death afterwards. Um, a, a super quick side note, Popeye was our dog for about three months. Scott needed a companion. We were trying to help him out Aww. with his stuff. And he was a 
pit bull fight dog that um, was extremely Aww. damaged and had some um, attachment disorder problems. So we couldn't keep him because he loved Scott so much and really didn't like Lily and I. And then I got pregnant. Anyways, we had to get oh, him back. Yeah. And <laughs> in a nutshell, she was showing me basically that he was like with Popeye, which is crazy to me. Um, wow. That's so those of you find each other like that. Yes. Animals, like an animal and human. And that animals, like, you know, I'm not an animal person. We all know this about me. But those of <laughs> you that love your animals, like, to know that, like, they're there too. Um, oh, God. I'm so thankful for that because <laughs> I am an animal person. <laughs> and so, you know, because I, I was like, I don't, why are you talking about paw prints to me and, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Popeye. Because oh. I knew that when we got rid of him, he would have a hard time finding a home. So he probably didn't live much oh. longer. Um, so, yeah, you know, wow. it's, it's very bittersweet, right? Absolutely. And I know you were saying it's not going to make anything easier. I don't think anything makes grief any easier. I think what these types of things do at least is dull the edges a little bit so that things aren't so sharp. So yes, it's still there, but it's not such a, a sharp pain that happens instead. It's more of a dull ache, I guess, but it's never, it never goes away and it doesn't get easier. Yes. But. Yes. The late nights of crying all night or laying on my sh shower floor, those things go away or come once every couple months now, right. you know? Fading so I would say that, out. yeah. And there's hope. I feel more hopeful. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it was in survival mode, I think before. And I, now I feel hope. I feel very hopeful for, um, another life, like another, um, you know, and, and he's still with us. You know, I truly believe that. Um, well, he showed you and, that. And I think that's yeah. so important to share with Lily at some point. Yes. I'm, so I, she I, knows I, that he's with her. Yeah. So I said to her, we'll end on a funny note because <laughs> this is, this is Lily, right? Um, they were very, um, hmm, uh, I don't know what the word would be like, not exactly like I don't know. Both of them have no filter. We'll say that. Yeah. Okay. Sure, so yeah. I said to her, I said, so what would like, what would you say to him if you could say anything? Like, what do you wish you could tell him? And I was like, she was like, <laughs> Oh boy. So if you have some, if you have small children, take them out of the room right now. <laughs> she was like, she was like, I would tell him he's a fucking idiot. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, Oh, he would think it was hilarious. Mother. She was oh, like, um, gosh. Yeah, she was like, I would just tell him that, like, you know, come on, man. Like, you know, like, and in this joking manner that they always did. Yeah. Like, um, so she she also, just like me and her father and you, uh, deals with grief with humor. And, yeah. um, you know, telling the jokes that they would have told to each other at Steak and Shake dates or whatever it is they yeah. did. <laughs> I have no idea. They did so many things and they were so silly and they listened to like crazy music and I don't know there's just a lot but I mean I could totally see her being like gosh dad you're so fucking stupid you know or something like yeah. that and him being yeah. like oh yeah I know Lil I know but and then making <laughs> some sort of like like funny comment back to her but that's that's them and so yeah um I, yeah it was yeah we, we definitely I'm miss so him a lot glad that you got to experience that I 
know that you still are processing how it's making you feel, but I, I just, I, I'm feeling this happiness in my stomach right now for you. Mm. (laughs) Oh, and it's just this, you know, warmth, um, for you. And I'm also feeling a longing of my own to experience something like that with, you know, those that I've lost. And so you having this experience, you know, kind of gives me the, I don't know if even courage is the word, but it's not like I'm afraid to do it or, or anything like that, but it is sort of one of those things that, and I mean, this is something we'll expand upon in different episodes, but I, um, I am a pusher of emotions. So I push things down. So if I have to bring things to the surface, it's not my favorite thing. So I think that's why I have avoided it for so long. But um, hearing this experience though, is making me think, okay, maybe I, I do want to do this and see, you know, if there's anything lingering out there that my dad has to say, or my brother has to say, that's, you know, on their spirit minds and yeah, oh my gosh, Amy, I'm just so happy for you. Yeah. And I, and I do like, I, I don't, I don't think it's for everyone. Cause if you don't believe at all and you're not mm-hmm. open to that, I don't know how that would work out. But if, if you do it, I mean, just to encourage you to think about it because I really truly believe they're there and they want to talk to us. They want to tell us like, it's okay. Right. I love you. And, um, you know, I guess all the, I'm sorry is that one can say in a 40 minute session. (laughs) My goodness. Um, I know. Yeah. So I think that's that's my heart. Most of all is the, I'm sorry. It's because, you know, it's sort of like, and again, another episode, but, and we'll, we'll talk about suicide and, and talk about, how it is not how people brand it to be, um, in the terms of a selfish, selfish act, no, like you were saying. No. Um, and that for him to feel the need to say, I'm sorry so much, just, it makes me so sad for him. And I don't want him to still feel tortured. I hope that you getting to con, you know, have contact with him has allowed him to rest a little easier. I do too. And I think that, um, there's still forgiveness that I need to, things I need to let go of that I slowly am. And this helped me to do that. Um, and it also helps me to just like enjoy parts of life that I felt guilty for enjoying. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So it was like, we were both feeling this horrible guilt, but um, I don't, you know, I don't regret a single minute of it. I would, I would be his wife all over again. You know what, when you were talking about how he had said to please remember happier times, that is exactly what I thought. And I mean, just knowing the two of you, I thought to myself, I don't think you would have doubt. I don't think you would change it if there was an option to go back and change it. Um, And I mean, I'm not you. I don't want to speak for you. But that was just what I was thinking at the time when you were saying that. Yeah, I just, I I wouldn't because... There was so just much. Just the two of you, you guys had so much fun. And yes. the laughter, just <laughs> witnessing the laughter between the two of you was beautiful. Um, you know, you had a, yeah. a beautiful relationship. You understood one another. He was so smart. You are so smart. You know, hearing your conversations, uh, watching him be completely over the top and watching you just laugh and enjoy <laughs> it. And like, I mean, it just, it's it was something to behold, you know, and, and I think that you had a love that 
was interrupted by mental illness. And that's why we're here. You know, that's why we're here. That's why we have this podcast is to bring these things to light and to have these conversations. So thank you so much for sharing. You are very welcome. You are very welcome. I was just going to say some people's love is interrupted by a heart attack or cancer or, Mm -hmm. you know, an aneurysm. It's, it's just, you know, the way life is. And, Mm -hmm. um, that's what we're hoping to do is to explain to everyone and shed light that, you know, mental health, mental illness is the same. Yeah. Same thing as a physical ailment. It is just as real, just as uh, fatal at times. And, um, we need to pay attention to it, take the stigma away from it and know that there are people that are truly suffering and that there are people who are truly seeking help. Um, and are trying to to do better, know better, be better, and you know that sometimes it's not always possible. Yes, Just ma'am. Like it's you not said it. Possible to fight cancer and to win. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. You summarized that perfectly, lady. <laughs> <laughs> thank well, thank you, you for letting me tell my story. Um, yeah, I hope that I'm so glad. You know, it can bring some people some healing and peace, and um, maybe some encouragement to kind of seek that out themselves. Well, thanks for tuning in and listening. If you have any questions um, for us, please feel free to email us, unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. Please, if you are feeling uh, suicidal, please reach out to the um, National Suicide Prevention Hotline. I will tag that number in the episode for you to contact. Um, There are people there who care, who truly want to listen and spend their days and hours helping you get back to the point where, um, you know, we can keep you around for a little longer. Yes. We love you all. And, uh, yes, we, we do. See you next week. <laughs>